Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor, another late night edition after a 103-97 heat loss in Denver in what was frankly a roller coaster of a game, in my opinion, and we're going to get to that. But first, our floor plan for tonight, I feel like I'd never say that, but our floor plan is I've got my man Brady Hawk here with me. And as typically goes on these late night starts, only Brady Hawk with me. We are the late crew, and we are here to sum up this game. Now, I don't know where to start. This game obviously was a big one for the Heat. It's kind of house money, right, since you won every other game on the road trip. It was supposed to be looked at as kind of a tough stretch before it started. You won every other game. Nobody really expected them to win this game. Uh, Excuse me, as I called it um, before a a scheduled loss. So I I expected them to lose this game, but there was so many opportunities for them to win. So I don't even want to like excuse that. They had so many opportunities throughout this game where I feel like the Nuggets kind of gave you those chances, right? Like Jokic didn't have like a dominant game. Obviously Murray um, got hurt halfway through the game. Aaron Gordon you know, and KCP, you know, played well. Those guys played well. But I feel like you had most of the guys in check um, except one guy. So I guess now since I'm talking about it, I'm going to get right to it. We're going to get to the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. So, unfortunately here, the gamer of the night, Michael Porter Jr. He dropped 30 points. He did it in three quarters and then didn't score again. But by that point, it didn't really matter. Because, like I said, it felt I felt like the the Heat had a pretty good defensive night. We'll get into their offense later. Not not as big of a fan um, as far as tonight. The defense. Every time it felt like they played decent defense, and again, not perfect. I wouldn't say they had like a perfect defensive game, but every time I feel like they played good defense, here comes Michael Porter to hit back breaking three after back breaking three. With 30 points, I'm going to have to look it up, but it feels like he scored more in this game than he did in all of the finals because all I remember from the finals is him missing. And I looked it up earlier. He shot 14% from three in the finals. And, you know, when we were covering that, I I remember talking about it so much, just like Bruce Brown saved them every time Porter was just shooting them out of a game. And that didn't happen tonight. He, he, He had a huge game. Brady, I don't even want to talk about Michael Porter anymore. Because we, we've shown him enough love here. You know, we know what he does. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. You know, do it when it matters. Shout out, Sugats. But uh, I just wanted to get your takeaways overall 
on how this game played out. Yeah, well, to hit on the Michael Porter Jr. thing really quickly, because you mentioned that, like, the stat. I think he scored 48 points in the finals last year through the five games, and he had 30 tonight. So, yeah, that's a definitely a big difference. Because I think, he, you know, he he had some down shooting games in the finals even. So now having this type of game when he was able to kind of go on that run definitely hurt. And it felt like I, I mentioned it when we were watching the game. It was like too many five-point swings where, where Miami's missing a layup or kind of, you know, not getting a foul call or just kind of having a bad possession. And it's rolling right down the court to the other for to Denver is playing fast, and it's a Michael Porter Jr. three. So it's just like it, those type of plays were the ones that were hurting. But uh, I mean, the full the the full takeaways from this game was that I thought the defense was good enough. I mean, you held this Denver offense to 103 points, so 100 good enough. You held Jokic at halftime to two for eight shooting, 100 good enough. Uh, but I mean, the disparity in terms of shooting. Uh, the amount of the attempts that the threes that, that Denver's getting, the uh, kind of the clean threes that Denver's getting compared to the shots you're kind of getting off, I think was, was pretty clear. And obviously you're not, <laughs> you're just not making them. Um, and I mean, look, Miami made some runs throughout this game. Like they, they, throughout that fourth quarter, throughout the third quarter, they made a couple runs and they tried to make it interesting. Every one of those runs came with Miami attacking the paint. There was like a Duncan layup, a bam hook shot, and a, and a Jimmy dunk. And it was like, okay, six Oh run timeout. And then Denver makes a run. And then Miami finds a little flow. And it was like a Rozier layup, a Jimmy layup and something else. And it was like, okay, a six Oh run. And then it went South again. It's like what they were relying on the three ball way too heavily in this game. When it felt like the game plan was all pushing them toward the rim and everything was looking good. And they were finding finally finding gaps uh, and everything kind of just kept going backwards. And I know we're going to hit on the one thing, the one three-point shooting trend that was a little bit interesting in this game that felt like it was just really hurting them time and time again. So I'll save that one. Uh, but I'll say this because I, I do want to mention Jimmy just because this is something we saw in the finals a little bit. It's just a weird matchup for him, in my opinion. Like, I don't really know what his what he's trying to get to in this specific matchup because he's not running a lot of pick and rolls, Alex, as we've seen in the, in this game. Like, we're not seeing that. We're not seeing a ton of mismatch hunting. Like even if we yep. had a mismatch, he's he's semi trying to get to it, but he's not fully like on the low block trying yep. to score on these guys. Like because I guess he knows the help is coming. So now you're basically limited to off ball Jimmy and roller Jimmy. Like that's yep. pretty much the two areas that you're kind of seeing from him. Uh, and I don't know. That's just not a good formula. That's just not the formula you want to see, especially on a night when you don't have Tyler Hero. So. I think, and that's kind of a big point as well. As I, I just look at the the last thing, which is, you need pull up shooters against this Denver team. That's the only way you're going to be able to open up the offense. Duncan is a you know is a high uh, efficiency pull up shooter, but he's just not like an on ball threat that's going to move it the needle. Like you needed Terry Rozier to be that in this game, but more than anything, it just shows why you need Tyler Hero in this matchup. You, you really just do. You need his pick and roll presence. You need him getting to the mid range and, and kind of collapsing uh, the weak sides a little bit. You need him playing these high pick and rolls and rolling into these pull up threes. You just need pull up shooting. And it just felt like in this game, they did not have enough pull up shooting whatsoever. Completely agree with you. And there's just so much to talk about with this game. I feel like we're not going to be able to cover it all. I probably should have jotted some notes down because there was so many moments throughout the game that stood out to me. Um, where to start? Jimmy Butler, I thought, had a good game. Um, I'm with you that it felt like I really wasn't sure what the objective was. I wanted him to do more mismatch hunting, and it felt like the times that he was 
there with the mismatch. He just, like you said, he was like pre-anticipating the help defense when he had the mismatch on him. And I didn't feel like, like, you know, the, the, the idea is you back down the guy a little bit, you make them fully commit so that somebody is wide open. And I did, I feel like he, he was kind of skipping that step. And it's like, well, how much of a, an advantage did you really create? Like the help is kind of just able to go right back to the shooter. You're not finding anybody wide open. And I think that's usually what Jimmy's great at. Like, I, 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 I don't know what was going on there. It's obviously the end of a road trip. You know, like I said, it's kind of a house money game. You know, of course, the altitude, all that stuff, right? They never win in Denver. So I, I do want to give him some credit for fighting. That stuff with Jimmy bothered me a little bit. I thought he had an okay game. Could have been better. Um, Bam. Bam overall, you know, 22-8-3. Kind of a similar stat line to Jimmy who put up 21-7-3. Uh, you know, the stat lines are okay. I thought that the defense was there, but offensively, because that's what I'm going to focus on here a little bit as far as the things that bothered me. I thought Bam kind of had an uneven game offensively i think some of the shots he took in the paint were weird and i thought he got better as the game went on specifically the first half i, I thought he took some weird shots and it was just some kind of unbam like decisions and i thought overall um you know that was kind of a trend with the team and i, I was saying this on playback and of course like i always do i'm going to mention here playback.tv slash 5rsn or download the app and watch the games with us for free hang out it's always a good time it was fun watching this roller coaster of a game with everybody um and yeah, like I, I thought the the trend tonight with the team was not finishing around the paint and around the rim and in the paint. And, you know, looking at the numbers now, finally, after the game, 14 of 25 at the rim, which is 56%. The good thing is you held the Nuggets to worst, to a worse percentage at the rim uh, than you shot, right? So that's, that's okay. Then the mid-range, another problem because it's usually a strength of theirs, kind of a middle of the pack, 43% in the mid-range um, and 46% in the short mid-range. I would say it's okay, but probably not good enough if you're also going to be shooting 27% from three. And I just think you didn't have enough to supplement your defense because I, I, I'm with you. I thought the defense was good enough. Again, not perfect, but like you held their guys to, you know, like a decent enough percentage when it comes to Jokic and kind of forcing them into, you know, like – whatever type of shots. I, I didn't think that the, the Nuggets were just kind of getting whatever they wanted, which I did feel like that in some of those games in the series last year. It's like, okay, what do you do with them? I don't know what to do with them. I didn't really feel like that tonight. I thought they did enough on the defensive end to win. I thought the mistakes with the turnovers really bothered me. There was some terrible turnovers in that first half, man. And it just felt like every time it led to a bucket on the other end, there was always, I think you mentioned this on playback too, there's always like those type of sequences where it's like a, four-point swing or a five-point swing and I, those really changed the game there was some awful calls in that first half which i never bring up the refs or officials or, or calls but man there was some bad calls in that first half the one where they and this is a separate thing i'm so sorry for rambling here but like the whole thing in the first half where they overturned the duncan three because of bam getting fouled that rule makes no sense to me and i know it's going to sound biased right because we all want the heat to do well for the podcast and whatever i think that it makes no sense to me that a, an opposing player can commit a penalty and a guy who's kind of right in I, I i understand that right in that millisecond he hadn't shot yet but he was in you know what i mean he's right in the process of shooting he duncan robinson did nothing wrong the nuggets player did something wrong and it's happening away from the play why is duncan robinson's three getting taken away for the other team committing a penalty like you just bailed them out that rule makes no sense to me 
but that's besides the point. That didn't change the game. Um, I just felt there was so many times, like, with the with the turnovers, with the shots in the paint. Like, there was just a lot of weird stuff going on that I guess some of it can, can be attributed to, you know, the altitude at the end of the end of the road trip. But I'm going to stop rambling now because there's somebody we haven't mentioned yet who we probably need to because, man, did he contribute to this roller coaster of a game. So let's get let's go now to the A Aggressive Insurance Play of the Night. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program, reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. All right, so Brady, I'm going to lob it up to you here because you had this uh, this idea for the play of the night tonight. Very creative one, kind of a different path um, than we've gone in other shows. So what, what, what do you think should be the play of the night tonight? Yeah, I'm not excited to, to bring this one up, but I'll say it's the plays of the night. Like if we were talking about which plays are more meaningful, most meaningful in this game, it was the Terry Rozier three-pointers it was the terry rozier just constant pull-ups and in shots that just kept coming up short uh with like five of them being air balls which is just it was wild to watch in real time and the wild thing about it is number one i think he shot five for seven from two where i thought it like when he was attacking he looked really good like i thought he was finding creases around the rim he had that back-to-back stretch where he kind of hit some mid-range jumpers. Like, he was hitting off glass. He had kind of, you know, decent lift in the mid-range. It looked like he was finding a flow. And then he takes the next three, which was just another momentum killer. Like, after four air balls, and he takes that rhythm three on that right wing, and it was like, okay, that was uh, definitely a deflating one. But the, the reason it's so interesting is, like, you have to wonder if it's the injury. Like, you have to wonder, like, the guy comes back pretty quickly, like, quicker than any of us thought from that knee injury. Uh, and the fact that he's kind of, you know, not getting a ton of lift, which is what stood out to me. Like, I pointed out when we were watching on playback. It was like he had the one steal, the one three of the night that he had was the steal runs out to the right corner and shoots it. But in that one, he had a rhythm and he got up. Like, he had his normal, usual lift, got up off the ground. The other seven <laughs> – like he, he's very just kind of gra- gravitating to the ground. Like it's just not a lot of getting up in the air. And it's like, it's just a very weird trend. Like I just thought that was just a very interesting conversation. Um, considering the fact that like, number one, he has not really been the three point shooter that I thought he was going to be in terms of volume for Miami. Like since he got here, Alex, we've talked about it a ton. Like the, we've thought we'd see more pull-ups from him. We thought we'd see more of that activity uh, out of high pick and roll and a game when you were without Tyler and you're playing this Denver team when you need pull-up shooting you would think you would go to a bunch more of t- Terry high pick and rolls but I think the the reason why you're not seeing it is because I don't think Terry's really going to take it and I don't think you wanted him taking many more after what we saw kind of with that shooting tonight so I mean that was a, just a I, I I think many people are hoping this was just a you know, a rough game for him. Like that would kind of be the best case scenario, I'd say, because I, I, you'd really hope that it's not the injury that's that's weighing him down. And if he's not trying to put pressure on it or this and that, it was just a very interesting trend. And you just got to hope that it that it's kind of a one game thing. 
no doubt. Um, the Terry thing, man. I said this on playback tonight. The game that he had tonight was very Mario Chalmers-esque. And I say that with all the love and all the, you know, for better or worse stuff. Because I know everybody loves Mario Chalmers. Excuse me. Sorry for that. I love Mario Chalmers. But that was part of the experience, right? It's like you would have these amazing, great moments where the confidence shines through and he makes a play and he looks great. You know, he makes a three. He gets steals. Terry's not the same type of player. I'm not trying to make a player comp here. But the game he had tonight where it's like you have the roller coaster moments where it's like he was so up and down. The fact like four air balls in a game is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not here trying to like, you know, crap on Terry. I'm not trying to stomp on him while he's down. It's just it is what it is. It happened. He had four air balls out there. Like you said, he was great when he was attacking the rim. And I was going to say the same thing. Like we've been clamoring for him to be more of a pull-up threat. And we saw it last game. He iced the game. And, of course, against a very, very inferior Blazers team. But, you know, was getting Jeremy Grant going the other way like several times down the stretch of that game, just playing his game, playing like a hooper, being shifty out there. I didn't really see that tonight. I thought he was kind of hesitant at times, even though he was, you know, not shy in taking shots and and not shy in trying to make stuff happen. You know, I appreciated it because he was part of the reason that they were able to kind of bring that game back. But he was part of the reason why they weren't able to win because there was so many times where it's like, oh, wide open shot, oh, air ball, right? And it happened right from the beginning with the two air balls back to back. And then it happening at two other separate points. It, it was perplexing. You never see that. And yeah, like you said, you know, he came back from a knee injury, end of a road trip. I'm going to keep saying it in Denver, like that stuff for sure factors in here. But man, four air balls is ridiculous. And Everything he did was still kind of needed. It's just, you know, the air balls make a big difference. And then you talk about the three turnovers. You know, he had three. I think Bam had three. Jaime had three. I, I thought Jaime's turnovers were probably probably the worst ones. You know, he did. He found other ways to contribute. I thought his defense was really strong. He gave you five assists to make up for it. Jaime did. But um, the turnovers between him, Terry, and Bam, I thought, you know, you're supposed to play as, as close as you can to mistake-free basketball versus a team like the Nuggets who is not going to give you the game typically. They kind of did tonight. Like they, like I said earlier in the show, they have plenty of opportunities where the Nuggets were making mistakes, them kind of later in the game, missing shots that they usually make. Michael Porter, like I mentioned earlier, did not do anything in the fourth quarter, had completely cooled off, which, by the way, I called on playback because we've seen this guy before. We know he's a front runner. Okay, but in all seriousness, um, like Caleb was another guy who I thought had a good game overall but had some bad moments too. Like I thought there was too many moments in this game, too many mistakes um, that ends up kind of, you know, making all the difference. It would end up being a really close game. And I guess like to sum it up, you know, the second quarter you go and outscore them by 11 after getting outscored by 16 in the first quarter, just an awful first quarter. You have a fantastic second quarter, go down, um, you know, you're down five going into halftime and then you get outscored by eight in the third. Now you're down uh, 13, heading into the fourth. And look, the the the, the positive thing about tonight is that he outscored the the Nuggets by seven in the fourth quarter. So, you know, take take that for what it's worth. They had a, a decent fourth quarter, and um, you know, shout out Orlando Robinson by the way, who who hasn't played in months and had to come and play 12 minutes tonight in Denver and be matched up against Jokic half the time. I thought he did an okay job. I was really really worried for him when he was matched up one on one versus Jokic. And I thought he did a good job. So I wanted to shout him out there. And my last quick observation before um, we get into 
the Air Crew with Sign Injury Report. Again, sorry for rambling. I'm kind of unorganized tonight. It's a late start. You can excuse me here. But um, DeLon Wright only playing three minutes I thought was a little interesting. I, I, was, I wasn't sure if it was just like um, Spo really wanting to shorten the rotation. I don't know if something happened with DeLon. Or I don't know if it's, I mentioned this on Playback too, a representation of what their playoff rotation could look like which I think is probably the most likely answer. Because when you look at it tonight, nine guys got minutes, and it's really eight. Because like I said, DeLon only played three minutes. And it feels like that's probably what we would see in the playoffs. You know, Jovic got 24. Everybody else got about about 26 or more. And then you got, you know, the backup five getting 12 minutes. That feels about right. That feels like what we're going to see in um, a lot of playoff matchups as they, you know, if, if they get further in there but let's transition to the eric rubenstein injury report and now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend eric rubenstein the personal injury attorney born and raised in lauderdale florida lives in miami went to st thomas he's a south florida guy and a huge miami heat fan but the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now the injury report. So tonight, Tyler Hero continues to be out with the injury. It, uh, it seems like he was, it, there was a chance he was going to play in this game at some point and he was ruled out. So it seems like um, he'll be back for this he might be back for the for this home game on Saturday, for all we know. But it seems like he'll be back pretty soon. So that's a good thing. They absolutely could have used Tyler tonight. And it would have been nice to see, theoretically, how he would have helped against the Nuggets in a matchup like that. They absolutely could have used what he brings on offense. Um, and the other injury was Kevin Love, who I believe it was a heel injury. Is that what they, what they classified it as? And, man, was that a loss for them. Kevin Love, who's just been so consistent for them excuse me, as a backup five and, you know, quite quite the night for him to miss. But like I said, Orlando Robinson did, you know, an okay job. It's not like he had like a great game or anything, but just not standing out in a bad way, I think that was, is a good objective for him against the, the reigning champs. And I thought he did that. So shout out to him again. And the other thing that I kind of wanted to say, separate from the injury report, because that's, that's about it, right? Uh, I don't think there's any... Yeah, there's no other injuries on the on the injury report, so that's it. Shout out Eric Rubenstein. Other than that, the one thing I really wanted to say about this game, not enough Duncan. I thought Duncan had a good game and was one of the only like good all around offensive players for them tonight. Whether like I didn't think he had like amazing shooting night or anything like that, but I thought he kept the offense moving when he was in the game and when he was involved. And I thought down the stretch they didn't go to it enough. I thought there was times when they were trying to go to it and then they kind of went away from it. Like there was this one play that I was just, I was so upset on playback watching it. Um, I want to say it was halfway through the fourth, more or less when they cleared out an entire side of the floor for Duncan and Bam. And it looks like they're about to play their two man game and they like just get into it. And right as they're like kind of doing it, Caleb comes into the side all of a sudden and he's on the corner and then they give him the ball, and then he gets into a one-on-one with no advantage created with Aaron Gordon. And then, of course, as you expect, nothing happens. And I'm not here to – like I said, Caleb had a good game. I didn't like that whatsoever because it's just like, what? Do you, what is the point of this? There was nothing there for you, no advantage created. Why did they give it to him there? Why is he coming into the side? 
again, this game is not his fault. I'm not blaming it on him. He had a good game. A lot of hustle plays. I think he finished like eight or nine rebounds. And he was one of the uh, guys keeping them in the game early when it felt like it could get out of hand. So credit to him. But that play just drove me insane. I feel like they didn't get to enough Duncan and Bam. And Brady, I feel like I've been talking for way too long here. I just, I'm a little bit unorganized because it's just such a big game and it's late. Um, Any other final thoughts before we wrap this up on the way that this game ended up? I'll say... I'll say number one, you were mentioning the Orlando Robinson minutes. I would it's kind of one of the reasons that I think uh Kevin Love is kind of one of their most important role players I've said in the past, just because of the fact of what happens when he goes down. Like, and as I said earlier too, it's like you'll I'm happy. <laughs> I think a lot of people are happy to see him take this type of game off and watch these minutes now than in the playoffs. Like you want that guy as healthy and as fresh as possible down the line like that's it just just because of we know what what comes after that and once again it's not like talking about orlando robinson's game but i think it's more so about like because there were some times where orlando i felt like was it kind of like didn't know where to be on offense or it kind of was getting a little clunky where love it's kind of just be it's just so smooth like it's just you know what his role is he's a spacer he's a playmaking hub and he can do all of that stuff and the biggest thing is like if you're playing orlando robinson you can't really play the DeLons or the Haywoods. And I think that kind of kicked into to why we didn't see a lot of their minutes early is because if you have kind of a five who's a non-spacer and you have some other – a guy like DeLon who is, you know, could, you know, be a guy that's being helped off of, it just makes it tough. Whereas if you have these love lineups, you could put Haywood and DeLon in the top of that zone and all of a sudden that's why I think we're clicking all, uh, you know, recently. So I just thought that was kind of one of the reasons I – it's – I, it's funny because we, we circle back to so many conversations because the one that we had in the finals, I remember a ton, was that we felt like Haywood should play more. Uh, he had a really good finals, like in the very small minutes he had. I thought he played well against Jamal Murray in that series. Uh, he was really good, big defensively. He had some actually big moments offensively, I remember. Had a couple threes and everything. Felt like he should have played, kind of had had his moment in this one. Because, look, when you can't score and the offense is ugly and everything along those lines. Like I I'd almost rather you just load up on more defense and see if you could just try to create advantages that way uh, for longer stretches. Like, cause there's too many points where you finally like grinded it down to like eight or six. And then all of a sudden it's back to 11 because the defense slips again. So it's like, yep. you'd almost rather you feel like you play a couple more of these defenders. So, you know, DeLon, I, I, I didn't expect DeLon, honestly, to get second half minutes after he got his minutes cut short in that first half. Spo was going to kind of really bend it down to like seven or eight guys when it comes down to playoff rotations, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the other one you mentioned, Duncan, I think that the Duncan act- actions when he's playing 35 minutes in a game without Tyler and, and Terry looks like that needs to have the ball in his hands more. He needs to be kind of running a little bit more. High pick and rolls need to try to get a little more handoffs and try to get some threes off. Only uh, one getting offense moving, in my opinion. He does. He, he makes things much cleaner for guys in the lane, and especially when you're shooting 27% from three. Like, yeah, like you got to try to find some type of advantage uh, to build off of. And that's the funny thing, by the way. Like, if there was one like positive to like all of this stuff that we're that we've been talking about, like they're very like February, they're like second in winning percentage, like in terms of I think they were eight and three in February. But they're like very low on that list of three point percentage. So like they're been winning games without shooting three ball well. So you'd say, well, they need to shoot well. Well, I'm like, 
the fact that they still have this much to grow from, like they still have, like this isn't their peak. Like they're not like peaking right now with this winning streak because they still haven't shot well. Like they could still have that surge uh, to come through, I guess, later on. So I feel like that's a decently good sign that the defense is kind of holding them in this place. Um, and the other guy I'll mention lastly, I felt like Jovic gave good minutes. I thought he yeah. played well in this game. I thought he really competed defensively. Uh, I feel like, it, especially if you were to ever see this team again down the line, you need to play with more size and having Jovic kind of being able to play at that four position and kind of battle and move around on some of these matchups, I think just makes a lot of sense. The issue was he's a guy that wants to play fast. And I thought one of the reasons Miami lost this game, especially in the first half, why, why they got down was that they were like <laughs> the playing fast hurt them essentially. Like we, you talked about the turnovers was a big part of playing fast. Like they were like playing a game that they did not want to play. And obviously, Jovic is so comfortable in that area. And when he has to slow down, it makes it a little bit tougher. But I thought he played pretty good in that in that type of role. I thought that was kind of a good one because he's played in so many of these games and he keeps getting these starts. But playing in a game where you're playing a high-level team like this in a, in a matchup that you've struggled with, I just think is a kind of a good sign. So, look, they it, big picture, I mean, they, they've won 9 of 12 after the losing streak. They're 8-3 and three in February. As you said, this is a scheduled loss. They're three and one post All Star break. It just it, it is it just feels like there are more good signs than bad, uh, especially when you're talking about this wasn't even a fully healthy group, which it feels like we're saying every single game that that we discuss. That's always going to be a, an excuse, even though Eric Spolster is going to say we have enough. That the Tyler Hero thing is not an excuse. Uh, it's still just something to mention because they they still have some other offense to get to, and maybe they can kind of find the the three point shooting surge at the right time. Yeah, and I agree with you on Jovic. I forgot to mention him. Um, he had, I thought he was pretty good. I thought he had some nice moments. And, uh, yeah, that's that's my thing with Jovic, what, what you mentioned with him and his play style. I'm going to give him credit because I do think he's been good as a starter. And when he has played in general this season, I mentioned it plenty of times that they they generally win the minutes this season when he's played. Big difference from last season. It's like he's taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. And, of course, a lot has changed his last season. It was his rookie year, the injury you know, his body was different. He was very, very young coming out of um, well, he was 19 coming into the league. Right. So, um, yeah, Jovic, I think, has made a lot of progress since he first came in. And I think he's you know, it's been very encouraging, but it's like it bring, it's it's a problem. Right. Because you're talking about, you know, wanting to use more size and Jovic is, is an answer to that. And, and we brought this kind of conundrum up on the rotation pod a couple weeks back. But it all of this kind of points to. Spo kind of needs to play 10 if we're going to do that because Tyler wasn't there tonight. So that's already another guy who's getting, you know, however many minutes, 30-ish minutes that he's going to get. And, you know, maybe you, you do that by bringing down others' minutes, right, a little bit and kind of distributing them. But that's not an easy guy to just throw into throw in there when it comes to minutes. Like, it's not an easy just slot him in there. Haywood already didn't play. DeLon barely played. Um, obviously, oh, and I, oh, I completely forgot to mention Josh Richardson on the injury report. That's I'm sorry, Jay Rich. We we're, we're fans of you around here. J, Jay Rich still out with a separated shoulder, and of course that was another guy who was in the back end of the rotation before he was hurt playing well. It feels like everything points to maybe he should be playing ten, especially in the regular season. I, I know I'm biased when it comes to that. I'm always going to point that out. It's my personal preference with a deeper team, and with you know when you're trying to keep kind of you know, your main guys rested and, and, and fresh 
for the playoffs. I think using, taking advantage of your death probably makes more sense tonight. felt That's why I said tonight kind of felt like a playoff rehearsal with the way that Spo handled the rotation. But it makes me nervous, too, because if you're doing this, like, seven-and-a-half to eight-man rotation, certain guys are not going to be playing that you want to play. Like, DeLon, Haywood, Jovich, all these guys might not play. Like, I don't know how, how that's going to work out. But the, the Jovich thing has been such an X factor because – he either starts or doesn't play, as we've mentioned multiple times. And he, it feels like he's become kind of their regular season answer to the quote-unquote bigger teams, which is fine. And I've liked how it's looked, but it's I'm not convinced that that's going to be the answer in the playoffs. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. Like, Jovic has shown me enough where I feel like he can hold he can hold up versus kind of the secondary bigs in two big lineups because, bam, he's usually going to take on, like, the bigger problem, and it's fine. But... Like I said, if you're going to be playing eight men, eight men in the playoffs, how do you work it out? And so that's kind of something that's been on my excuse me. Um, and so just to kind of wrap it up here, because um, I know we've kind of gone long. We said we were going to do a quick 20 minutes and go since it's so late. We're 33 minutes in. Shout out to the about 200 people watching live after a loss. We really appreciate you guys. Um, to, to sum things up here. The Heat, you know, the the stats back up what we were saying earlier in the show about their defense. They held the Nuggets to a 94 half-court offensive rating, which is not good. They held them to a 104 overall offensive rating, which is not good. They didn't particularly shoot well from anywhere, the Nuggets did. Like, they shot 36% from three. It probably wasn't – it wasn't as good as, like, it, it felt for them, right? It, it felt at, at some point like they were making – every other three but it's also know, in comparison to the way miami is shooting exactly exactly the the problem is you know they st- even with that they still shot about eight percent better than you from three the heat as we mentioned before didn't shoot well at the rim didn't shoot particularly well in the mid-range or in the short mid-range you had the turnovers you had the missed free throws which i didn't mention that was you know that didn't help again in a game where you're trying to play mostly mistake free and the margin for error is so little like you, those are the types of things you've got to be doing. And so that's why I feel like they could have done it. But, yeah, man, like the, you held them to such a low offensive rating in the half court and overall. But then the problem was yours was much worse. The Heat, 82.6 in the half court, 96.9 overall, 12th and 7th respectively in percentile. That's bad. That's bad. That's that's my analysis. That's my analysis. You you you. They gave you opportunities and you didn't quite take advantage. Sorry for the hiccups tonight. Um, my, I'm getting a little random cough here in the middle of the night, so that's not good. But we tried to hit on everything tonight. Brady, thank you for putting up my rambling. Same to the audience. Leif and uh, Ethan will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Shout out A Aggressive Insurance, Rock Esports Center, and Eric Rubenstein. And shout out to everybody in here. Um, one more thing before we go. If you haven't already, check out our Off the Floor Discord server where you'll get daily updates from us, from the Five on the Floor crew, uh, and our, you know, you get the ability to be in constant chats with Heat fans who are, you know, everybody is in there with good faith talking about the Heat. People are not clowning at each other, yelling at each other. You know, it, I, I would say it's a pretty toxic-free Heat community, and you get all the best stuff from us on there first. Ethan and Leif Scoops, you know, primarily are going on there first and way before they go to Twitter. So, you know, Leif's uh, NBA draft scouting stuff, he's he's giving you everybody that the Heat are interested in, and he, he does this every year, and he nails them every time. Uh, that's all going to Discord. 
So yeah, go check out our off the floor discord server. The link is going to be in the description for every single podcast that we have. And it's also going to be pinned to the five reasons, uh, Twitter account to the top there. So again, it's in the link to the description. I mean, in every description. And, um, once you do click on the link, scroll down because that is the way to do it. Uh, clicking join server is not going to get you into the actual server. It's, it's just going to be like a, like a preview version. So you got to scroll down. That's enough for me as I continue to make mistakes. Very, very similar to the heat tonight. We're going to wrap this up before it gets worse. Again, thank you, Brady. Thank you to everybody in the audience. You guys have a good night. We'll be back with full coverage. Finally, a home game. It's been so long on Saturday. So make sure to check us out Saturday for full coverage of the heat game. You guys have a good night.